I'm Jamie. And I'm Derek. And welcome to I Know You with Derek and Jamie, the podcast where two friends recommend something to watch based around a weekly theme. It could be a movie, TV show, really anything. Also, we will always have a mini segment based on each episode's theme. We will also end each show with a mini game, so stick around for that. Today's theme is Animals and Adolescence. We chose this theme because it was our second show and we needed a movie to suggest right before we filmed the first episode. It was all a really last minute thing, but we were able to come up with the theme and the movies really quick, so it all worked out. And the movie that I suggested this week was Soul Surfer. And I chose Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. Now, both of these are on Netflix, so if you haven't seen them, that's where you'll be able to find them. And just a disclaimer before we jump in and get into the details, there will be spoilers in this podcast so listen at your own risk unless you've seen both of these movies then just enjoy our commentary all right we kind of like to start most of the our episodes uh with a little banter a little bit of what's going on in each other's lives not too much don't want to bore you guys but you got to get to know us that's the whole point of the podcast it's i know you <laughs> i know you and if you don't know us then how do we know you or I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Oh, no, it's happening <laughs> Knowing already. Knowing and being and you and I. And I and you, and you and giving and receiving. and Yeah, so what have you been up to this week? Anything new? Uh, Honestly, no. Well, Valentine's Day just happened this week. Oh, uh, yeah. This is going to be released in like early March, but we're recording this on February 15th. So Valentine's Day just happened, and my fiance and I had, had a lovely little Valentine's Day weekend. Long weekend because we had President's Day, so Monday off. But yeah, that's pretty much what happened down here. What about you? Sorry. <laughs> I had a burp coming. Uh, yeah, so we had to celebrate Valentine's Day early because my husband is a chef and he works on most holidays. So he was working Valentine's Day. So we celebrated on Friday and it was really nice. I baked a blackberry caramel tart, which turned out really Ooh, good. And good. he made us a whole dinner and it was great. I think it's time to get into it. Yeah? All right. Yeah, let's let you start it off derek all right like i said in the beginning in the intro there i suggested uh mowgli legend of the jungle i actually didn't know if it's called mowgli legend of the jungle or just mowgli i saw it written both ways what's it say on the imdb page imdb it does say just mowgli okay oh no no mowgli legend of the jungle oh but my like, god on the... you're so confusing <laughs> No, it's Mowgli Legend of the Jungle. But if you look at like posters and stuff, it's just Mowgli. And the Legend of the Jungle is a very, very tiny thing. All right. And so first, before I give any information about the movie, I'm going to give my guess, my prediction for how much Jamie enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it. Let's find out. So for objective competence, I'm guessing that you give it an A minus for personal enjoyment. I'm guessing that you gave it a five out of ten. And for rewatchability, I'm guessing a three out of five. All right. For those of you who don't know, Mowgli is directed by Andy Serkis. Yes, Gollum from Lord of the Rings. And stars Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, Naomi Harris, Andy Serkis again, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Rohan Chand as Mowgli. And this film is yet another adaptation of Rudyard Kipling's 1894 classic, The Jungle Book. This film centers around the story of how a human child that is raised by wolves must face off against a menacing tiger named Shere Khan, as well as his own origins. Now, also, for those of you who didn't know, this film was originally supposed to come out in fall of 2016, but it was delayed several times, a couple times because they wanted to finish the effects, and another time because they wanted to kind of create a little distance between their film and the two 2016 reboot of Disney's Jungle Book. And then in July 2018, Warner Brothers actually sold the rights to Netflix and Netflix uh, released it late that November. Because I feel like a lot of people will either confuse this or compare it to the uh, Jungle Book that came out uh, in 2016. What did you think of this film? So I, I, I don't really care for this movie it felt like it was a kid's movie because it's a kid's story that it's based on but this yeah. movie definitely wasn't for kids like it would be way too scary to watch this with kids but i feel like the only time anyone would be like let's put on this adaptation of a jungle book would be when you're trying to like watch it with a child but yeah. It frustrated me because they tried to make it for adults, but I just feel the story doesn't work for adult audiences. 
in my opinion, at least. I'm actually going to disagree with, I think the story does work. I'm not saying that this story necessarily worked perfectly for adults. I think they do sometimes, they don't go deep enough into certain things to really allow for adults to like enjoy it and be uh, engaged by it. But I actually reread The Jungle Book uh, in preparation for this week. Well, I shouldn't say read, listen to uh, audio version of it. <laughs> but if, if you didn't know, it's not like The Jungle Book is not about Mowgli. The Jungle Book is an anthology of like a bunch of different short stories that just happen to take place in like the jungles of India. And Mowgli is only like in three, like three out of 12 of those stories and the rest is just you know random animal hijinks and stuff those get pretty serious there's a lot of stuff that happens in that book they discuss like baby seals getting bludgeoned to death good god <laughs> yes it it gets dark i think more people just think of the jungle book as a kid's film because it's associated with the disney's jungle book well then i kind of wish that they had done a different story then well, maybe because they this one feels as though it's meant for children because the overall thing you're supposed to learn from it is something that children are learning as they grow up. What did you think like the overall message was from this film? I wrote down at the end the message for me for this film was the need for third party mediators. <laughs> <laughs> like that's basically what Mowgli is. He's just a third party mediator between the jungle and like the man village. I mean yeah. obviously like a balance you need kind of both kind of but I don't know. I enjoy this film enough. I like it. I think it's a good film, close to great, but there's just a couple things holding it back. I agree with your thoughts on what the message is. I do think like you need third party mediators and everything. So like <laughs> it definitely was a family oriented, but an outsider family. So I felt like it helped with the message of even if we're not related or look the same, that you're still my family. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. kind of the message I got from it, is that even though you're different from us, you're still our family. Yeah, no, I think that message is there. And I think that's one that also pops up in usually this story every single time. What did you think of the animal designs themselves? Like, especially compared to what we've seen in the Disney's Jungle Book, the 2016 one, and then their recent Lion King. Because I found that these ones like were given more humanistic eyes and like more distinct features on their faces and stuff. And they could kind of smile and express a little bit more. I didn't see the Lion King, the new Lion King. I'm not, oh, I know it. this is going to be such a controversial hot topic, but I don't like the Lion King. You don't like like the original? You don't like the I don't, Lion King? I don't like the Lion King. You're a Disney file. How do you not like the Lion King? I, it's never been my movie. I've never really liked it. I don't like love, love the Lion King. Like for like Disney films, especially like Renaissance Disney films. It's not the first I'm going to go back to, but I don't dislike it. I still enjoy it when I watch it. I yeah, know. it's not. I, I don't like it. So I didn't even watch the new live action version of it, which was still animated. <laughs> which was still like all animated. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't watch that. I'm pretty sure I watched the John Favreau Jungle Book. Yeah, I feel like my thoughts on those CGI animals and these CGI animals in Mowgli are pretty much the same is that some of them look realistic and some of them, they just look like trash. Like I did not like Baloo. <laughs> I, I heard a lot of people say that, like he's just like a gruff and grizzled he old man teacher. I kind of like it. Like, he's been through some shit, you know? I don't like, know, I really like the character designs Like, they just didn't attach his jaw properly. It was just like he had this really big bare lips that would just, like, flop over all the time. And it looked like he shouldn't have been able to speak. What type of bear is Baloo? Some type of Indian bear. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to ask, because, like, are, he's not like a grizzly are those or anything. kind of bears in India? <laughs> yeah, there are, there are types of, like, there are bears in India. Yeah. But like in the John Favreau one, he looks much more like a grizzly bear than anything. Mm. Bears eat beets. <laughs> Bears beets. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Our entire podcast cannot be office quotes. We cannot do that. <laughs> it cannot be it. Every once in a while, we're going to throw them in. If it works. If it works. If it works. That one kind of worked. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Back to the serious discussion here. What did you think of Boot, the albino wolf? I have so many thoughts on this, and this is where we're going to start getting into the spoilers. Okay. I feel so bad for Boots. Like, he's such a nice kid. He's such a nice character. I hate bullying, even if it's just to progress the story. I hate it. Like, even if it's animated things. Yeah. Like, even though it's to progress the story and show that, like, these wolves are dicks for bullying this this wolf who doesn't who's the albino wolf he doesn't look like the rest 
that teaches bullying. And yeah. I don't I'm not here for that. I actually really don't like Boot. He's one of the things that I think hold this movie back from being great. I think if you would have taken his character and combined it with Mowgli's like actual wolf brother, you know which one I'm talking. I can't remember. Yeah, his the name. one with the like cool face. Yeah, the one who's actually like nice to him and seems yeah. like that. Like, yeah, that should have been Boot. Like, you could have made him still albino, maybe not as small, but like still give him a quirk to make him different, and he's still friends with Mowgli. But I just didn't feel that bad for him when you found Boot dead. You know? Oh my god, no. So I had a feeling they were gonna kill this wolf off as soon as I heard him speak. (laughs) Like as soon as he showed up on the screen and spoke and I was like, aw, aw, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so cute. Oh, come on. Wait a minute. They show the sympathetic creature so you feel bad when it dies. Exactly. Like I was gonna be like when I was watching this and I had the idea that they were gonna kill him off. I was hoping I was wrong. And I was going to be so bad if they killed him. And he was literally the only character I liked in the movie because he was such a nice, sweet little kid. He was different. He was albino. He was bullied. And then they killed him. They fucking killed him. And that just was so fucked up. Like, I, I wanted to stop as soon as they killed him off. And see, you saw him stuffed in the hunter's lodge. Mm-hmm. Like, that made me so mad. I was like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> but like, I, I think it really worked, though. I wish it was the other brother and Mowgli had that deeper connection with him. I think that would have been better. But I do think that was right when Mowgli was like, oh, like, no, this is my place. I belong in the man village. Like, they've accepted me. I love it here. And then, boom. Oh, that's right. These people still fucking suck and will kill my entire family if they get in their way at all. Like, he realized they killed for sport. And that's one of the rules of the jungle is to not kill for sport. Exactly. That's actually something I think they took out of the movie from the book, like the law of the jungle, that I think would have been a little more useful. Did you notice that they kept cutting to this, like, falcon-esque bird? Yeah. In the book, what happens is when... Mowgli gets taken by the monkey people to the ancient temple. He's able to get that bird's attention and like able to talk to that bird. It knows like the formalities to say to the bird to like get the bird to listen and relay his message. And I don't know why they completely cut that out and just it like showed how Mowgli was trying extra hard to be accepted by the jungle in the book. But in this, it just like completely cut it out. It still left the bird in there for dramatic effect. I don't know. There are a couple other changes. One change that I didn't love that I wish they'd stuck to in this book. Mowgli's story ends in the book by him basically Mufasa-ing uh, Shere Khan. He lures Dang. him into a valley and then basically gets some of the wolves to help herd a giant herd of cattle into the valley and stampedes Shere Khan to death. And then, you know, he skins Shere Khan and wears the tiger's skin as a like trophy and then go like reclaims his spot at the top of the wolves. That is absolutely messed up, man. <laughs> it's like I said, it's not a kid's book. Or maybe, you know, for 1894, this was a lot more like kids were like, oh, yeah, you know, skinning a tiger. Yeah, all great. Oh, it gets it gets gruesome. I'm not going to get into it. Oh, my gosh. But I was hoping for something like that and it didn't happen. But I like just all the elephants just fucking up Shere Khan because he's in the circle. Elephants are the best. (laughs) He's in the circle and they're just like, just ping balling, (laughs) ping ponging him around, just boom, 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 or pinballing him around is what I meant. There you go. Pinballing him around. I got there. I got there. Okay, so how come? The elephants couldn't talk and like the deer and the like animals that were prey. Why weren't they talking? Like none of them spoke. Were they not worthy of like speech? An elephant in the book. I don't remember elephants talking. They're more about like it's always this thing called like the elephant dance where like it's the elephants kind of form the jungle. They kind of like they're stomping around can like bring down trees and just flatten the earth. They don't really get a lot of actual like talking stuff. They get a little bit, but not as much. I think they're supposed to just be more like quiet and Dignified. That's why they don't talk. I just don't think we get enough time with any of the deer or anything to see them talk. So the scene where they're doing the pack hunt. Oh, yeah. The night hunt. When they're chasing the deer. Realistically, if all the animals talked and suddenly wolves came at you and you're a deer, wouldn't you hear, oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. Shit, 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 run. Exactly. Suspension of disbelief, Jamie. Suspension of disbelief. <laughs> 
And speaking of them talking, why the hell did they give Baloo a Cockney English accent? Like that took me right out of the movie. It took me right out of the movie. I love it. Who cares? Why is he a hippie in the other films? It's awesome. I well, okay. I like this film. I don't love it. Like I'd probably go back to this one more than I'd go back to the Disney one. Really? Personally, yeah. Not that I don't like the Disney one, and I'd probably put that on if I were like kids or small, like nieces and nephews or something. This one, you know, if I want to watch this story, I'd probably put on this one. All right. So time for your ratings. I'm gonna give a quick reminder. No, I got a lot more to talk about. Oh, you got more to talk about. I got a okay. lot more to talk oh, you about, got a lot buddy. More to talk about. Okay. What else you got to talk about? A lot more. How the hell does Mowgli not have more? broken bones like the amount of times he's fallen he's lived in the jungle his whole life like he's had to have had broken bones potentially yeah and then also wouldn't he have like so many concussions the amount of time he was hidden in his head just in this movie yeah like- again <laughs> suspension of disbelief you're, not, you're just asking me things that, are, that you know there are no answers or you just want to say them you just want to also, put your oh he was also shot by a fucking gun he it grazed his arm it grazed wouldn't he his want arm. the humans to help him with the wound the village people weren't bad the village people were nice they weren't going out and murdering the jungle people they were nice he might just connect them all as one it didn't seem like that because he knew the hunter was bad but he knew the people were good like the girl who took care of him and the kids that he was playing with he knew they were okay but then the guy was just killing a bunch of animals yeah so yeah (laughs) like you said me out of belief like i it's not believable well that's the thing yeah like they may seem small but if enough of those happen that's what takes you out of films that's what makes films worse another thing that made it not believable is when mowgli fell into that trap with all the spikes <laughs> when he missed how them. did he miss every single spike i get it i get it i get it it's yeah the the more you point things out the more things fall apart is there any other things that took you oh, out yeah. of the film oh, oh yeah oh yeah him finding out that he's human, obviously that shouldn't be like a huge shock to him. Well, like, obviously. he's obviously not a wolf. Maybe he could have thought he was a monkey, but he should have had an inkling that he wasn't a wolf. Like yeah. an inkling, like <laughs> just something. I understand that. But at the same time, it's that he wanted to belong so bad that he didn't la- allow himself to think that he wasn't a wolf. You know, like if he, if he was going to survive, he had to think he was a wolf. He had to believe it or else there's no way he was going to be accepted. That's yeah. the way I view it. I get that. He was a kid and like, you'll believe anything, but just like the smallest inkling of, I am a hundred percent not like any of the wolves. He knew he was different. But he could have thought he was a monkey. And can we talk about how the monkeys were scarier than the fucking tiger? Oh, the monkeys are great. They were terrifying. And why were they working with the tiger in the first place? I don't know. That that doesn't happen in the book. And it's not really explained here. That, that one kind of just seems out of nowhere like he could have been taken by the monkey people like in the book they, they take him they're like you're supposed to be one of us you're closer to us than anything else like you're supposed to be yeah. us and you and can then help king us. louis wants man's fire yeah like that's king the louis whole point of the, the monkeys king, king louis not in the book they actually in the <sighs> book they want him for to weave baskets they said we see huh. man weave baskets which means you can weave baskets because everyone's afraid of fire like everyone's afraid of fire in the jungle yeah and, but yeah basically no king louis no jazz song sorry that's not in the book. But just the monkeys were terrifying. Yeah, they they were. But I loved Ka. Ka was great. Her busting in. Oh, I also realized another Kate Blanchett. We've well, done two Kate Blanchettes in a row. I know. <laughs> yeah, and she's got a pretty big part in this. Like, she's technically like the narrator as well as Ka, as well as the big python. Wasn't Ka like a bad guy in the Disney version? Yeah, kind of. More so than this one, definitely. Yeah, this one is more like a chaotic neutral or yeah, kind of just, as long as you don't fuck with me, I won't fuck with you. The kids' eyelashes, though, like, in those scenes where they were, like, super close up, especially the dolly scenes where they were, yeah. like, celebrating with the colors, like, they went a close up on the kids' eyelashes. Holy crap! They're, like, three times the length of mine. That kid's got some <laughs> lashes. He does. Maybe he got lashes for it. days. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's Mowgli. <laughs> Maybe it's Mowgli. <laughs> Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Mowgli. Oh, that's great. I love it. Uh, uh, I also didn't like animals killing animals. I just, I didn't like how many animals died in this movie. Even 
Shere Khan. I get that he had to die. He was the bad guy. He was trying to kill the kid. But I like animals more than I like people. <laughs> so I didn't even want him to die. Like, I felt bad. They made it look more realistic in the animal dying. Like, especially Shere Khan's death. They made him look more realistic mm-hmm. and laid down like my dog lays down, like my cat lays down. And I felt so bad. And I was like, oh, and like, I understand he had to die. He took a final swipe at Mowgli. I was like, he's alive, he's dead. <laughs> Even when Mowgli's just there, to, he was just to be there. Like, Bagheera told them, like, look into their eyes so when their soul leaves, so they're not alone. And he was trying to do mm-hmm. that, but then Khan was like, nah, fuck you. And then Mowgli's like, nah, fuck this. Knife to the head. Boom. That's the way of the jungle. I don't like it. <laughs> That's what Kate, Katie says. She's like, I can't watch nature documentaries because I just can't watch animals getting eaten or anything. She's, I'm, like, that, I'm like, that's nature. She's like, I just can't do it. I can't watch them. I'm the same. Like, I've watched a couple and I get so sad when it's the birds. Like the bird scenes where the birds are learning to fly or they have oh, to they like try it. and fly away and get away because like a fox is coming or a seal is coming or something is coming to get them. And they don't make it. I'm like, no, I just literally saw this bird be an egg, then hatch, and they follow this specific bird the entire show, and then they kill it. And it falls out of the nest and dies. Yeah. So oh, unceremoniously. I feel so bad. I can't watch this. Oh, nature, man. Nature. <laughs> okay. All right. Ratings time. I'm going to remind everyone of my predictions. For objective competence, I guessed an A minus. For personal enjoyment, I guess a 5 out of 10. And for rewatchability, I guess a 3 out of 5. All right, Jamie, how close was I? Objective confidence, I chose a C+. Plus. Oh, no. That's a lot off. I understand the craft of the animation was really good. That's what I thought was going to keep it at the A. That's what made it a C+. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> was, was the animation. I did not like the story. I didn't think it was believable. Like, it didn't win any awards, did it? No. No, it didn't win any No. Yeah, so to me, it wasn't, like, a great movie. Okay. Objectively. Okay. Personal enjoyment, I guess 5 out of 10. What'd you think? I gave it a 3 out of 10. Ah, damn it. I was not enjoying this movie. <laughs> there was too many animals dying. I wasn't believing it. I didn't think you... Baloo's Cockney accent. <laughs> I didn't think you are going to love it. I didn't think you are going to dislike it that much. I really didn't like it. All right. <laughs> Which, I mean, you can probably guess that the rewatchability is not a three. <laughs> no, I'm going to... I can't... It's not going to be an official change, but I'm going to guess one. Yeah, I'm probably never going to watch ah, this movie again. Dang it. I did not enjoy this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, according to my calculations, I'm off by an average of 2.67 repeating. That's what you got to get. All right. Let's move on to your suggestion, which was... My suggestion was Soul Surfer. But before I get into anything, we're not choosing movies that we know the other is going to like. No. So we're not out to be like, I love this movie. You're going to love this movie. And then when we talk about it, if the other doesn't, we're not bummed out about it. Right. No. Well, there might be a movie somewhere that we might get bummed out. (laughs) (laughs) Not these ones, not yet. But we tend to have really different tastes in what we like. Yeah. And that's totally okay. Like, I'm not going to discredit anything Derek likes and that I don't, and he's not going to do the same to me. Most likely. That's just the fun of this podcast. Unless it's like the theme of the week is like, I'm going to give you a movie that is terrible. Like worst films of this year or something like that. Exactly. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer in here so people don't think that we're getting mad at each other for not liking our movie. Yeah, honestly, we're probably going to choose movies that the person either really likes or really doesn't like. I'm going to try to get more extreme reactions out of you than the more just "Eh, it was eh. exactly. And the point of it isn't to see like who rated the better movie. It's me guessing Derek's rating on the movie. Right. So fun disclaimer, just to throw in there, hours editing the last podcast. And I just felt like, okay, I just want people to know that we don't hate each other. We don't <laughs> yet. All right. Soul Surfer. I'll let you do the prediction and the info. Okay. So my prediction for what Derek rated this. Objective competence. I believe he rated it a D minus. For personal enjoyment, I'm giving him a 2 out of 10. And for rewatchability, a 1. I don't think he's ever going to watch this movie again. And that's my predictions for him. We'll see how I did at the end of our discussion for Soul Surfer. Like I said, Soul Surfer, it was released in 2011, and it's a biographical drama about Bethany Hamilton, the famous surfer who was attacked by a shark and lost her arm at a critical time in her life. She was 13 years old. So this movie stars Anna Sophia Robb as Bethany, and then Dennis Quaid and Helen Hunt as her parents, Tom and Cherry. And Carrie Underwood is the church youth leader. And it has the same name as Bethany's autobiography that she released in 2004, which was the year after her attack. 
So the summary for this film is the movie follows Bethany Hamilton, a naturally gifted surfer who lives in Hawaii with her parents and two older brothers. She is doing fantastic in her competitions, has a loving family, great friends, and seems to have the perfect life all around. Then on Halloween day, she goes out and trains with her best friend, and tragedy strikes. She has her left arm bitten off by a 14-foot shark. She deals with the trauma of losing her arms, the difficulty she has to relearn things, especially surfing, and her struggles with her religion. When all hope seems lost on a mission trip to Thailand after the tsunami hits, she finds a passion for helping others by sharing her story. So let's okay. get into the discussion, Derek. So, How did you okay, hate I, this movie? I... <laughs> give my thoughts on this movie i want to hear a quick like one sentence what do you think of this movie because that was the entire time i watched this that was all i was thinking of what does jamie think this film came out in 2011 yes i was a senior in high school and had a huge girl crush on anna sophia rob i thought you were about to say dennis quaid (laughs) (laughs) dennis quaid gives me such daddy vibes (laughs) i mean it does he does. He definitely does. <laughs> no, my girl crush at the time was Anna Sophia Robb. And that's why I watched this movie. When I was 18 years old, I liked this movie so much that I even bought the DVD. Oh, wow. When you still bought DVDs. I still, I like, did. I have it in my DVD collection <laughs> because I like this movie because it was a it's a teenage movie. Yeah. It's for teenagers, like teenage girls, specifically Christian teenage girls which I was not. Okay. Now, rewatching it as a 28-year-old, 10 years later, after this movie came out. You have some thoughts? Definitely not great. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't hate this film, but I didn't like it either. My main issue with it is that I feel like it couldn't decide between being like an inspiring sports film, like, you know, where it was someone dealing with trauma and then getting back in the game and getting back up, or if it wanted to be an inspiring Christian film, where it was someone who was dealing with trauma and had a crisis of a faith and like in trying to do both it felt like it didn't really do either it felt very very pun intended shallow to me the family had a lot to do with this movie they were heavily involved in this movie and they wanted it to be both they wanted to showcase her religion because they are super christian but she's also like a super athlete And they wanted to showcase that. And so that's why it's like hard going back and forth. Like there was issues with the production company where they were like, oh, well, we need to maybe play down the religion a little bit to get a bigger audience to have it more of a sports centered thing. And the family was like, no, we're keeping religious in it. This is one step away from a pure flicks film, though. There's nothing wrong with Christian themes in film. As someone who grew up Catholic, who spent 10 years of their life in a private Catholic school, I have nothing against Christian themes in films it's just that this one is so overt and doesn't really do anything with any actual christian messaging or theming it's just we're gonna mention jesus we're gonna bring up church groups we're gonna put kevin sorbo in here because he's in every christian film and why not let's throw some carry under what she was really big at the time in this movie the acting definitely was subpar yeah (laughs) i would agree except for i'll say dennis quaid and helen hunt yes those two the parents did did they did a good job more than they needed they were trying so much harder than everyone else at least acting wise I agree. I think they were the best performance, and then Carrie Underwood was oh, the worst performance. She's not an actress. I so, know. Like, I can't really blame her. Going back to like what I was saying, where it feels very disjointed, it felt like for a time after the shark attack, I thought like, okay, we're going to see how everyone's reacting to it and how they're dealing with her trauma. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting film. That's normally not how films revolving around a traumatic event go. They usually focus on the actual person who survived the traumatic effect, not the people around them. But you only get like one minute scenes with each one. Like you get the brother freaking out in the cafeteria that goes nowhere. You get her best friend not wanting to visit and having bad dreams about sharks that goes nowhere. You get her parents struggling on how to raise her now and deal with her surfing, which doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, Helen Hunt's issues, like she was focused on her daughter not surfing. She wanted her daughter to be okay, not the surfer to be okay. And then like also like Kevin Sorbo potentially feeling guilty about not keeping her safe goes nowhere. And her questioning her faith doesn't really go anywhere. It's why would God do this to me? Because God works in mysterious ways. Okay, that's it. And that's it. I'm like, there's no dive. I agree. Like, and I looked up, I can't remember the director's name, Sean McNamara. 
I looked up some of his credits earlier. He does a lot of Disney Channel and Nickelodeon shows and a lot of like TV movies and stuff like that. And you can tell like it's clearly a four teenagers or four like young teenagers too because teenagers can handle stuff. They can handle like deep issues, but this doesn't go into deep issues. And I feel like it doesn't even show her struggling that much. Like after she loses her arm. I think she... In general, because it was based on her autobiography, I think in general, Bethany Hamilton, literally 20 something days after the shark attack happened, she was back in the water. Up on her third wave. I looked into it. And that's great. And that's yeah, inspiring. Like but she, I don't, she you don't didn't want to say struggle. struggle as much. Right. And I'm like, okay, then don't focus on that. Like really focus on the sports aspects then. Make this a full-fledged sports film. I know. It was just back and forth between... Sports and religion Which, and sports and religion and then family and then friends and, then and sports Thailand, and religion. And then out of Thailand and then sports and religion. Which I hated the Thailand scene. Everything about it. I thought the little kid was okay, I thought so the kid cute. was cute and I thought it was a nice moment. But I don't know. One, that's not how you go on a trip on a mission trip, especially one where you're flying across the world. There's no way that you can just show up at the airport and say, room for one more? And they go, I'm sure we can find oh, some know. space for you. Yeah, fun. it's super easy to find more lodging and another airplane ticket and transportation costs for another person, especially a newly like handicapped person. No offense. Like in real life, I looked it up. She goes to Thailand like two years after she loses her arm, after she's well known for being like the one arm surfer and being an inspiration. And then she goes over there to kind of like help inspire them and help and just help out you know which is all great good like more power to you that's awesome but this just made it be like uh i'm still kind of sad about me losing my arm i'm gonna go to thailand and look at poor people to make myself feel better oh look they have it worse than me i think the whole point of thailand was the scene with the kid and like her getting the kid in the water that was very sweet it was a quick turnaround from her being bummed to and not wanting to surf and getting back on a surfboard within like five minutes of her saying i'm not gonna do this anymore the whole point of the thailand scene I believe, is for her to realize that her path in life is to help people, like people who would look up to her. Like at that point in the movie, she doesn't have the letters yet. She didn't get anyone that was like looking up to her. She just got the news looking at her, wanting to know how she's doing with one arm and then people feeling pity for her. But when it came to the Thailand, she was there. These people lost everything. This kid, she helped him get in the water and smile and laugh. And she was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to show people that even though I have it bad, I want to show that like being I agree happy with is that, still and I think that's a great message, and I l- would have loved that if that's what the movie then did after Thailand, because it didn't come back and say, "I want to help people." She came back and went, "I need to win this to show." Well, I, I mean, she kind of is like, but it's still just now. It's a sports movie again. Now it's a montage movie. It turned in when she got back from Thailand. She decided she wanted to surf to be an inspiration for children the ones that were writing to her who said that they had lost a limb like the kid who had an arm or something that started playing soccer he watched her competition even though she failed they still got inspired by her to try and so she wanted to be like okay i'm not going to give up because i don't want these kids to give up That's why she went into the nationals and that's why she was okay with losing. She wasn't determined. She wanted to win, sure, but she was not like, I'm going to win or like I'm done. I get that. I agree. To me, they didn't dive into that. Again, surface level, very surface level with like all their themes and what they really want to talk about. I don't know. They don't like get into the real challenges. Like if I feel like if that was the movie, that would have been a great movie. But that wasn't. That was the last 20 minutes of the film. The previous like 30 minutes was like just watching her kind of struggle with not having. Like, and I really mean like I'm sure that the real life Bethany struggled a lot without having an arm with losing her arm. 100%. But they oh, me, yeah. they did not portray that well in the film. They had like one scene of her like dropping some oranges and her going to the grocery store by herself. What kind of fucked up family sends their like 14-year-old daughter with a with only one arm to the grocery store by herself? And what kind of grocery store employees don't even offer to fucking help? And what people judge a child with one right? arm who accidentally right? drops I'm some onions like, what or something? Is this? <laughs> 
<laughs> like there are so many times. Also, I don't know why my mind just jumped to this, but a lot of the cinematography of this film was terrible to me. The surf scenes, like when it shows people surfing, when Bethany has one arm, the surf scenes are the actual Bethany Hamilton. I saw that somewhere and I was like, that's really cool. And I thought all the surfing scenes were actually shot and put together really well. The actual surfing scenes, I thought those were really well done. It's just everything else is just so basic. And also for being shot and taking place in Hawaii, I would have could barely tell because they had like no, oh, I could tell obviously, but like. There was some B-roll that I thought was beautiful, but that was only like a couple of, I guess they'd be helicopter shots back in 2004 yeah, very or 2011. I was trying to notice them. Like where, where's just like some open, like just setting up shots, just some establishing shots of like, here's some nice beaches or here's some nice mountain views. Like Hawaii, obviously super beautiful. And you can get just endless amounts of beautiful mountains and beautiful beaches and beautiful ocean views. But it just seemed like they were afraid to get them or just like lost or they were out of focus. So they didn't use a lot of them. Yeah, the film no. wasn't shot great, even though it weirdly had like a $18 million budget. So it's weird that they didn't have great shots. I will say the shark attack scene and like the rush to the hospital, that is the highlight of this film. Because I was about to at- talk about that. So okay, go ahead. were you anxious waiting for the shark attack scene to happen? Because they made it like you're waiting oh, yeah, for it to happen. You obviously know it's going to happen. Movie, you're just like anytime she's in the water, you're like, it's gonna- I knew it wasn't going to happen in the first, like the very first scene. But like anytime she was in the water after that, I'm like, it's going to happen now. Especially right. the, the night now. surfing scene. That one where they filmed underneath water. I was like, oh right. my god. Like I knew when it was happening, but I was like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> the whole the whole shark attack scene and the rushing her to the hospital, I thought was really well shot, really well paced. Like it literally like my heart was racing during it. Like I knew she was gonna be fine and everything. It's just like, oh my god, like that was done so well that like I wasn't loving the movie up until that point in any regard but when that happened that like 10 minute chunk happened I'm like oh like okay there's stuff here that's where are we going and then just never went anywhere or it tried to go places but every time it tried to go somewhere it just switched directions there was one thing during the the shark attack scene when they were like rushing her into the hospital that really bothered me so her dad was supposedly in surgery why was her dad awake right when they were going to cut into oh. his leg in the movie he well, literally had the can, knife and was going thing. to cut and they're like we need the room for something else and he sits up but the fact that he stood up like he got up when she he saw her in the hallway like that wouldn't yeah, be I able agree. to happen you would have been numb. That just wasn't realistic. It was either like a script error or her dad was like super badass and didn't need the anesthesia. He probably just got a huge rush of adrenaline at that moment. During the shark attack, her friend was annoying me. Like it was bad acting, but friend saying, please don't die. Please don't die. Like she's right, bleeding out. Up. You don't say that to someone. And then her, I didn't like her friend like, when had the bad dream and didn't want to visit her. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. Maybe the friend is going to be the one who has trouble getting back in the water and getting back. So, nope. She's fine. She's perfectly fine. She just, once mm-hmm. she said, I thought you were going to die. And she's like, no, I didn't. And they hugged and all good. Friends has no issues, no other issues. Honestly, that encapsulates my main issue with this film. It's just, it's so surface level and it tries so hard to be two things. And maybe that is because the family wanted that the Christian themes to be such a big part of it. But for me, it just made the movie worse. I'm sorry. There are good movies with good Christian themes. Did you notice the CGI on her arm? I'll say that was great. Like I never once was yeah. like, I see her arm tucked behind her back. No, that was great. No, they had her arm wrapped in green CGI. Like, they didn't have it taped or anything. It was always in green CGI. But yeah, no, I thought it was good. And then one of the things that really was cringeworthy was them just trying to add in the tiny little speck of romance with that little teenage boy. You know, oh, that brings me to another thing. I don't think that was trying to add in a tiny speck of romance. I think that was trying to add a tiny speck of representation because there were no like actual native Hawaiians or like Pacific Islanders in this film at all, except the guy that they introduced. I looked it up. He is not Hawaiian or Polynesian in any way. He, I believe, was Mexican or maybe just Latino. I'd have to look it up again, but he was not like Hawaiian. The main sport surfing rival melina she is she's from hawaii and like was born and raised there and she's actually friends apparently with the actual real life bethany which i thought that was kind of cool but like even in the backgrounds there's like no actual like hawaiian people anywhere and i'm like it's all white people i'm like okay guys come on like you said that one dude is only in there he's in there for like 
three one minute scenes which said the beginning middle and end of the film i'm just like what is this this is nothing i think it's time for my rating yes let me give a quick reminder of what i guessed for Derek's objective competence i feel like he gave it a d minus personal enjoyment was a two and rewatchability is a one that he doesn't want to watch this movie again for objective competence which you said a d minus i get a c plus for personal enjoyment, which you said 2 out of 10, I said 4 out of 10. And then rewatch, I put this at 1 above my Carol, which is a 2 out of 5. I would probably, like, if someone wanted to watch this, I'd probably be like, okay, turn it on. But if someone wanted to watch Carol, I'd be like, no, 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 no. Okay, so I don't even need what? to do what the do calculations no? because I already know that on average. No, no, no. We gotta do some calculations better. here. Hold up. Two, two. And then I said two, <laughs> and you said one. So that's a one, so that's a three. And then C plus D minus one, two, three, four. Okay, fine. Fine. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I wanna recount. I can do the sound effect this week. I demand a recount. <laughs> Jamie knows Derek better. Jamie knows blah, blah, Derek blah, 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 better. Blah, blah, blah. We, we everyone knows that that's not the point of the podcast. The point of the podcast is just to have fun. Come on. No, it's about who knows you better, and I know you. Well, I think it's time for I our uh, mini you. segment now. What do you think? I think it's time. Uh, this 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 week. Way this to change the subject. Mini segment is what we like to call recasting. Yes, it is. Okay, so this week we're going to discuss our suggestions for recasting the actors for a live-action remake of The Wild Thornberries. If you don't know, The Wild Thornberries was a Nickelodeon show that ran from 1998 to 2004, had a TV movie release, or I don't know if it's TV or theatrical. I think it was a TV movie released in 2002, and we're just going to recast the family. And also, if you don't know, The Wild Thornberries followed a family consisting of a husband and wife, their two daughters, an adopted Tarzan-esque son, and their super intelligent chimpanzee named Darwin. And it followed them as they traveled the world helping animals, and their daughter just happened to have the special ability of being able to talk to animals. And this TV show goes along with our theme this week, which is animals and adolescents. Like you said, we're doing it as if it were a a live-action remake of this. So it wouldn't be just the voices of these people. I will read off the characters and tell you who originally voiced them. And then I want to know who Derek's going to recast as it. And I'll give my thoughts too. First off, the mom, Marianna Thornberry. She was originally voiced by Jodie Carlisle. Who would you recast her with in a live action? I settled on Kristen Wiig. It came down between her and Sarah Paulson. But I feel like Kristen Wiig is a little more fun. And like the mom's more the straight man in the show. And I feel like Kristen Wiig does great at that. She's more normally known for like her more eccentric and crazy characters. But I feel like she can really sink her teeth into kind of more the straight man for people to play off of. Who'd you pick? I thought about Kristen Wiig, but I didn't choose her because mine was between two. The two that I thought of were Laura Dern and Drew Barrymore. I feel like Drew Barrymore would be a really good mom. At least for me, she might feel a bit too young. I don't know. Is she? She's older than Kristen Wiig. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Kristen Wiig just feels older. I don't know why. But you just feel older than Drew Barrymore to me. I don't know why. It's weird. But yeah, so between Drew Barrymore and Laura Dern, I would choose Drew Barrymore. I feel like Drew Barrymore would do a better. But Laura Dern would be a really mm-hmm. good because she's more like straight laced and would be more of the mom and serious. But oh, she's been so in. I mean, things. Laura Dern has done some great acting and a lot of stuff so all right who's next next is the the dad the good one like i'm really excited nigel thornberry who is originally voiced by tim curry i did not know that that makes so much sense Uh, all right who would you recast now i want to say tim curry just put (laughs) tim curry in there why not screw it that'd be great that's not who i picked but that'd be great my pick was paul bentony i don't know i just feel like he brings that like kind of like dorky nerdy like bravado about nigel that you need i don't know all the other british actors i was looking through like were either just way too cliche like a hugh grant or something i say that now and that's obviously going to be a big now that i said it no. okay 
or just like i don't know just too or too suave i couldn't feel like they couldn't pull off the nerdy dorky kind of mannerisms and so i ended up on paul bendy katie was actually the one who brought that one to my attention and when she said it i'm like yes that's it paul bendy i love paul bendy he's so good if you haven't been watching wandavision watch it he's so good in it and the show is amazing okay so for my choices my runner-up for nigel was tom hiddleston Ooh, see i i looked at him but he was the one of the ones i'm just like he's too suave like i can never believe him being like the nerdy dorky man i don't know that's just me but who else you got my person who i would choose to recast was sasha baron conan oh yeah that would be good... I feel like he would do such a good job as a Nigel. He would really go into character and be funny, but be smart at the same time. And uh, in the accent, I feel like he could nail that accent. No, I think he could. That like Cockney, mm-hmm. it's like half Cockney, just half regular British accent. Uh, I yeah. think he could do great. All right. Okay. Who's next? So moving on, I have the older sister, Debbie Thornberry, who is originally voiced by Danielle Harris. This one was a little more difficult. So I'm like, I guess you just kind of need like a generic blonde like late teens early 20s I guess but yeah but so I went with a relative newcomer Catherine Newton if you know her uh, the only thing I really know her from is Freaky, that latest like horror comedy with her and Vince Vaughn, where she switches bodies with a serial killer. But she's kind of just like that prototypical blonde. Definitely could see her as like a early 20-something just beyond it all. I don't know. I think she'd be really good in that role. I had trouble choosing this one. This was So this one and Eliza, I had three names written down for each one. Oh, geez. See, this is my problem, like choosing the person. Yeah. So I had three really good options for this. I have Florence Pugh. Oh, that's not bad. I have Zoe Dooch. Dutch. I don't know who that Dutch, is. D-E-U-T-C-H. She was the girl in the Zombieland 2. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yep. Okay. Or just Anna Taylor Joy. <laughs> I thought about Anna Taylor Joy. I thought about her. She's so diverse, and we we love the Queen's Gambit. So the Queen's Gambit is great. If you haven't seen Emma, the the most recent Emma, that one was great. Oh, she's so good in that. But yeah, those were my three choices. I almost went with Anna Taylor Joy. I was very close to her. I also like the uh, what was it, Zoe Dooch? Yeah. I think she would be really great. I feel like she could pull off the older sister with the teenage like the teenage and everything yeah Mm -hmm. i think that'd be really good okay so let's go on (laughs) to darwin the chimpanzee this would be more of a voice performance than anything because probably be a cg motion capture something like that it was originally voiced by tom kane okay who did you say should voice it i picked a beloved british actor by the name of martin freeman that's a good one darwin is always kind of like gets annoyed by like everything that eliza does or donnie does and he's just kind of like that oh just the sigh of a character in the best way possible and i feel like martin freeman can pull pulls that off so perfectly especially if you've seen the hobbit he's that is his character in the hobbit so i think he'd be really good at starling see my thought process was exactly the same except i came up with ricky gervais uh see i thought of Wicked Your Face never crossed my mind. And now that I think about it, I can't tell if I would really like that. I think he'd do great or he'd play it up too much and he'd be like a little too goofy. I don't, know. I don't think he'd be goofy. I just think he'd be a little too annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that's, that's Darwin. Like I watched a couple of clips when I was recasting and just listening to the voice. I was like, who does that remind me of? That reminds me of Ricky Gervais. <laughs> I could see Ricky Gervais. I like yours better though. <laughs> I also like mine better. <laughs> okay, Donnie. You know how he speaks? He goes, that guy he was originally voiced by flea who is the bassist in red hot chili peppers what i didn't know that that's i mean i guess that makes sense they just needed like he doesn't have actual lines or i know it's just just the voice and i'm I'm gonna go first by saying i had no idea who to recast this is i looked at so many kid actors i just i wanted someone young who seemed eccentric but i could not find anyone so i didn't have anyone down for this yeah, that was very challenging for me. I don't really know a lot of like young act, like young child actors. So I came up with two names. One is more serious than the other. But the first one I think would be funny to put this person's like face on like just a random child actor, and that would be Timothy Chalamet. Oh, just have my him. God. <laughs> Could you imagine? You would have to throw in the yeet, yeet, yeet. skirt. 
<laughs> he Timothy Chalamet even kind of has Donnie's hair, just like scraggly, just everywhere. No, I don't want it as a little kid. I want it as Timothy, just Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet, just himself. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> Not even him dressed as Donnie. Just they cut to him, and he's just like blah 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 blah. For a slightly more serious, like person you could actually cast. I chose uh, Brady Noon. If you don't know him, he was in uh, Good Boys, that like R-rated middle school kid. Like that's really the only thing he's been in. But I thought he was great in that. And he's like a shorter kid. I I want Timothy Chalamet to be Tommy. That would be too great. That would be so great. Fans out there, listeners, any artists out there. We need to petition for this. Petition for it. Draw Timothy Chalamet as Donnie. Make animations. Do what you have to. All right. Let's finish off this mini segment with Eliza Thornberry. She was originally voiced by Lacey Chabert, who was Gretchen Wiener in Mean Girls. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So I went with Sophia Lillis, which is the young Beverly from the It films. She could totally look the part of Eliza. You know, just she has the freckles, you know, put her in some pigtails and some glasses. She already has the red hair and you're done. And she's also a great actress. She has shown that she has actual talent and I think can easily carry a film. That's a good answer. All right, who'd you have? But I think mine is better. Mm. <laughs> who'd you put? I put Isla Johnston, who played the child version in The Queen's Gambit of the main character. Oh, okay. Okay. I could see that. Especially if Anna Taylor-Joy played the older sister. Oh, that'd be terrible. Yeah, because they kind of look alike. <laughs> that would work there. There you go. Hollywood, listen up. We got your next two casting agents right here. Yeah. Hire us. Hire yes. Derek will have more definite answers, but I will have like a variety where you can audition them and then choose who you want. (laughs) See? Exactly. We bring both things to the table. You need us both. So that was our segment called Recast. Recast. And we did the Wild Thornberries. So let us know what you guys think of that. And if you have any better suggestions, let us know in the reviews. All right. Time for some Okay, so since Derek went first in the suggestions of the movies, I'm going to go first in the minigames. The, the one that I chose this week is Would You Rather? And I mean, you guys should all know how to play Would You Rather. So Derek and I play this game a lot when we're playing Call of Duty. We usually FaceTime when we play Call of Duty and I will just pull out random ones that I find online. So I love playing this game with Derek because he tries to rationalize everything. I do. I mean, why, like that's the whole point. You have to rationalize things. Okay, just go ahead. What are your two things? First one, I'm going to tie back to both movies. All right. Would you rather have your dominant arm bitten off by a shark or have your parents eaten by tigers? My dominant arm or parents eaten by tigers. When you're a baby, so you wouldn't have known them. Okay. I guess parents eaten by tigers. Sorry, Derek's parents. (laughs) Well... If I'm losing my dominant arm, especially since I draw so much, I need that arm. I guess I could learn how to draw with my left hand, but that, no, screw that. Sorry, folks. Sorry, Mama, Papa, you're dying. And hey, if my parents die, I could become Batman. You know, you never know. Yeah, Kevin Batman. Kevin Kevin Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. My next would you rather. Would you rather talk to animals or speak every language in the world? See, okay, this is, again, the rationalization. So people always talk like, it wouldn't be awesome to talk to animals. That's under the assumption that animals have, like, shit to say. Instead of it just being, like, instinct in their head at all times. Just literally just, like, find food, find food, find food, oh, gotta shit, find food, find food, gotta pee, find food, gotta sleep. I don't know, when you look at animals, when you, I mean, (laughs) I don't like watching those nature documentaries, but you watch them, they rationalize. I know. Like, look at your animals, they rationalize. They go through, they learn, they communicate they try and communicate with you like it'd be really cool like especially animals in the wild (laughs) okay talking to animals or every single language like every single language would be more practical obviously but talking to animals would be way more fun assuming that they actually can have like conversations with you 
Um, I guess I'd go with talking to animals. Yeah. Oh, yay. I would choose that one, too. Because <laughs> who knows? I'm never going to meet everyone in the world, so I won't have use for every language. No. But I do have animals, so that would come in handy to talk to them. To be like, all right, Easton, which is my dog's name, what do you really want? <laughs> He's whining because he wants food or attention. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's why my dog or cat's whine. They just want food or attention. I need to know if his leg hurts. Is it your leg or do you want a treat? Okay, that's true. He does. He has that bad knee. I forget about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Would you rather have one gigantic cat you can ride like a horse or have lots of normal cats? One gigantic cat you can ride like a horse. Where would you keep it, Derek? Your apartment is like the size of the litter box. <laughs> My apartment is 400 square feet. We have 15 foot ceilings in the living room. We have an outdoor gated patio. That patio is not big enough for a cat that you could ride. Derek, tell our listeners how tall are you? Okay, I'm a six foot five individual. I'm a big, beefy boy. <laughs> That sounded so bad when I said that. You're a big, beefy boy, Derek. <laughs> I don't need it repeated. Please, thank you. That's what my mama told me every day growing up. Ooh, is that what Katie tells you, too? <laughs> no, you're just making it real weird. <laughs> it was weird. And then I mentioned my mom. And you have to be my fiance. And you're crossing lines that don't need to be crossed. Damn it, Jamie. Either way, yes, I'm a six foot five male. I'm a big person. You said it had just it's as big as a horse, right? A cat as big as a horse. That's all it needs to be. It's a gigantic cat that you can ride like a horse. Not that it's the size of a horse. It's one that you can ride like Have a horse. Have you seen cats fit into tiny little boxes? It could fit. It could fit. So I'd, I'd take the, or I'd like, I don't know, I'd move somewhere. This is a fucking cat I can ride. I changed my life around this thing and I don't want a bunch of cats. Like, what is the other option? Like two dozen you cats? You already have three. I have two. Oh. Yeah, but your dog is named Cat. Okay, yes, my dog is named Cat and we do have an outdoor cat that we basically feed. I want to know Katie's answer to that, this question. Would you ever rather have one gigantic cat that she can ride or lots of normal cats? Should I call her? Yes. Should I, should I call her? Get her, on the, get her on the thing? Here we go. Yes. All right, we're going to call my fiance, Katie. Who is literally in the next <laughs> room. Literally in the next room. <laughs> we're going to call her. Hey, babe. What? We have a question for you. Would you rather have one giant cat that you can ride or three dozen regular size cats? Not three dozen, just lots of other well, cats. you have to give it a number. No, just lots or of lots other cats. lots of other cats. Lots of regular size cats. Probably lots of regular size cats. I feel like I would be like an ant to the giant cat and it would kill me. Okay, clearly we're not on the same page here, babe. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> giant riding cat is the way to go. Have you seen Zemo try and play with like one of the little bugs in the house? <laughs> he massacres them. Yeah, but he loves us. He wouldn't massacre us. You don't know that. You don't know that he would. Either way, I'm hanging up. Goodbye. I love you. She has a point. She has no points. <laughs> there are no points here. All right. All right. All right. Well, that's my mini game of Would You Rather. <laughs> Time for my mini game, which is Super Fights. For those of you who don't know, thank you for that fully work there, Jamie. <laughs> So this game is based off of a uh, board game that Jamie owns. And basically what it's going to be is I'm going to pick a character from each film we recommended this week. And then Jamie is going to draw two cards from her Super Fights board game, which give each character a modification. It sometimes helps, sometimes hurt. We're just going to have to see. And then we each pick a character. And we argue who would win in a fight. The way I always think these fights are going to go down. They're just going to appear at opposite ends of a football field. They see each other. They immediately identify the other as a threat. They do anything and everything to win. I just picked the two main characters from our movies. So I picked Bethany Hamilton post-shark attack. Okay. And I picked Mowgli pre-wolf run, pre-man village, basically. So he doesn't, he doesn't okay. really know how to use a knife or those skills yet. One-armed teenager versus teenager raised by wolves. And you will okay. be fighting for Bethany. I will be fighting for Mowgli. So Derek and I are Skyping, and he sees this box of cards. I'm going to randomly choose two. The first one is going to be for Derek's character, Mowgli. Which is... Riding a flying narwhal. Riding a flying narwhal. Okay. Yeah. 
I'll take that. Okay. I like that. And then Bethany Hamilton's special ability is throws spears. Oh, okay. That worked. Oh, this is good. This is good. All right. So, okay. So they just appear on the football field. I'm on my narwhal. I have a shit ton of spears. Fight. Okay. So obviously Mowgli wins this. There's no like, I mean, come on. He's on a flying narwhal. That thing is. I have spears that I can throw at you. You saw the training montage in Soul Surfer. This girl is strong. She paddles out into the water. That one arm of hers is buff. Oh, I don't disagree with that. It's is buff. And she, she can probably spears. throw a spear nice and hard. That would kill Mowgli. Oh, yeah. But there's no indication that she has the aim or the precision or know how to throw a spear. And even if you grant her the basics, like I'm on a flying fucking narwhal. Like I'm zipping all yeah, around. Yeah, but it doesn't say you have control over the flying narwhal. How wouldn't you have control? It's Mowgli. Like he's like one. It's with, a narwhal. He's one with the with nature he obviously can control the narwhal like that's not he can't talk to every animal we went over this (laughs) not all the animals speak i think he would be like i think the card in like assumes that he is it says riding a flying not like getting bucked by a flying narwhal there's a difference he's riding it they're in tune their souls are connected and they're going to impale their souls are connected connected and they're going to impale the soul (laughs) surfer let me make my joke they are going to impale her they're just going to ramp like i think i don't think this is a competition i don't i think she could throw the spear like if it's coming at her she could throw the spear and hit the narwhal kill the narwhal and then Mowgli would fall to his death if he's not that high up this kid doesn't die. Like he said, this yeah. Kid this kid's invincible. Can't, can't die. die. So clearly he wins. <laughs> he can fall from like a 20 cert drop onto his face like 10 times in a row and be perfectly fine. This kid is battle hardened and tough as nails. He like you take out the narwhal. He jumps off at parkours down to the ground and just tucks and rolls. Parkours off of what? He's in <laughs> he the air. What is down he the ground. jumping off? He parkours down to the ground. Hardcore parkour. He parkours down to the ground. He's not the avatar. <laughs> He's not the airbender. He, he can do it. He's He's got it. He just, he tucks and roll at the last second. He's fine. You know, he's been able to fight off wolves and stuff. Okay, he can fight something off that is right in front of him, but a spear being thrown at him while he was holding on to a narwhal. I don't see that. Yeah, okay, and let's, let's look at pain tolerance here. So, Little Miss... Bethany Hamilton gets her arm nibbled on by a shark and she passes out. Gets her arm clean bit off by a 14 foot shark and she paddles all the way back to land. Oh, she doesn't paddle back. They paddle. She did. Oh, barely. You see her arm is going. She makes it back. She, yeah, okay. Mowgli gets like a tiger's claw jammed into a shoulder and run down the length of his arm. He's fine. And he can still use that yeah, shoulder. Yeah, still use that shoulder. That's so how tough Mowgli is. He can also get shot, literally gets shot in the arm by a bullet. He's still good. He, you said Grace. Uh, <laughs> there's no proof of that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying Mowgli can take a beating like Rocky said in Rocky Balboa. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. And clearly. Yeah, Bethany Hamilton. No, she needed to go to a hospital. How many hospitals did Mowgli go to? Zero. How many limbs did he lose? Yeah, Zero. because he, And he's in the jungle. He should be losing limbs left and right. But he knows how to keep them. Unlike Bethany, who doesn't know how to keep them. Uh, <laughs> it's really, uh, it Mowgli has a whole wolf pack and a panther and a bear and elephants and a snake protecting him. Yeah. What did Bethany have? A surfboard. Well, she was in the shark's territory. She should have known. Yeah. She should have known the like, law Like, I'm not the dissing the shark, but still, she got her arm bit and clean off. Okay, well, let's... And then she did the whole training montage, got a buff arm. She has spears. That girl is... She's like Hawkeye. She's she's the Hawkeye version of Spears. <laughs> spear eye? Hawk spear? <laughs> spear eye. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see it. I think if she wins, it's because she got a lucky shot. I think Mowgli's got the better chance. I don't know. That's, I don't think you're going to change my mind. I think. Have you seen what a narwhal looks like? Yeah, Derek? I have. They're like fucking awesome beluga whales with giant fucking unicorn horns on their head. Like he could, like I think, like that's a weapon in and of itself. A flying narwhal, like you're discounting that. Like he's riding that. He could like fly and like jump off at the last second, just let it impale her. There's so many things he could do with that narwhal. It's like he could use that. Again, if he jumped off and came towards her, he would only be moving in one direction down, and she has spears. She literally just hold the spear if wriggle. he was coming at her. You can wriggle her. in the air. You can change your body position. Have you fallen? <laughs> yes, I've fallen. You can wriggle. You can wriggle. <laughs> you can abort a spear. 
I have personal knowledge of this. You can avoid a spear. You can avoid a spear. Okay, right. okay, okay, okay. But, okay, I think this one we got to leave up to the audience. Let us know who you yes. think would win in a fight between Bethany Hamilton post-Shark Attack and Mowgli pre-Man Village. Mowgli is riding a flying narwhal and Bethany has spears. Throws, throws spears. spears. She doesn't have them. She, she throws, throws spears. spears. Throws Okay, and I just want to add a little tidbit here to embarrass my husband. Hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll allow it. We went to Europe two years ago and we were in a museum or a castle and there was it was talking about narwhals and he came up to me. I have video proof of this, of him going, narwhals are real? <laughs> and I was like, what? He goes, this says that they, they have narwhal horns. And I was like, Matthew, they're real. He goes, I thought they were mythical like mermaids. And I was like, no, narwhals are animals that live on this planet. Oh, it's so great. He's so dumb. <laughs> No, he's not. He's not. That's an Alabama education right <laughs> that's there. That's an Alabama education right there. That's what we got. All right. All right. Well, I think that's our show, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So this episode, we reviewed Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, and Soul Surfer. And uh, I think I won. I can't quite remember. The final score was... Jamie knows Derek better. I mean, we we didn't get that. We didn't. Those those results <gasps> weren't certified, and I got court cases coming up to prove otherwise. So we'll just we'll see about that. We like to end our shows with each of us reading a review, but since we're recording these before we post them, the first couple of episodes, um, we don't really have reviews. We don't have reviews. So I got my husband to listen to the first episode, and this is his review. He told me that he really liked it. He thought we were funny and that we have really good podcast voices nice nice uh, that's very sweet right but he said he didn't see either of the movies so none of it made sense to him <laughs> yeah last week's movies don't really seem like mad movies no when we do actually really see please you know leave us a review let us know what you thought let us know what you think works what you think doesn't work what we could do better what we could do worse i don't know why we'd want to do that five stars five stars always five stars. five stars you can also write to us at our email i know you dj podcast at gmail.com every time i say that i think it's like an actual dj i know you dj podcast, DJ podcast. we're gonna get DJ turned podcast. up in here with some cereal this week on cereal you can also find us on instagram at i know you pod or at our personal instagrams mine's jamie dura and Derek's is big freaking geek all one word do you want to spell it again i'll try again b-i-g-f-r-e-a-k-i-n-g-g-e-e-k big freaking geek again b-i-g-f-r-e-a-k-i-n-g-g-e-e-k also, at the end of each episode, we like to let you know what movies we'll be watching next episode and have you write to us and let us know what you think the theme will be as well as what our ratings will be. So the movies next week are Life Itself, which can be found on Amazon Prime, and Thor Ragnarok, which is found on Disney+. Plus. So let us know who you think suggested what and your rating. Yeah, and so we post this podcast every other Tuesday. So remember to come back and listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. So just thank you so much for listening to I Know You you with Derek and Jamie. Until next time, Derek, take it away. Bye, y'all. It's the best ending ever. <laughs> <laughs>